And one last thing before we get started with our show, this episode was pre-recorded at an earlier date and we'll mention data and events that are now outdated. Thanks and enjoy. Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. And as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. And before we officially, officially begin, I was just talking to Nani about this before we started. And I just wanted to share with all of you that as of this recording, which is right now we're recording on September 21st, 2019. This is actually today actually marks our three month anniversary since we launched the first episode of the Filipino American Women Project podcast show. So the first episode was on June 21st, 2019. And since then, we've published at least at the time of this recording, we've published 17, no, 18 episodes, and we have 1700 plays already. So on average, each show was played around 100 times each, which means that we've just, which I mean, I mean, I'm speechless, honestly, but it, it just comes to show that in such a short amount of time, people have really resonated with these stories and are sharing it with people and people are reaching out to us to want to share their stories now. So so Nani, happy three-month anniversary. <laughs> happy three-month anniversary. Yeah, and we should totally do an anniversary when when you came on. But actually, I wonder, oh, let me yeah. see when you came on. Yeah, when was that episode published? I'm just going to look it up real quick. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. So that was with Rhea Predigan. I feel yeah. like she I feel like she gets the highest views because I always reference back to that because yeah. that's when you first like joined us. So <laughs> so that was actually published in July 22nd. So technically, Nani, it's your two month anniversary with us. Yes, almost tomorrow. Yeah. So a happy early anniversary for being on oh, our show. Thank you. <laughs> we need to get some of those like sound effects. <laughs> I know, right? I should probably find I'll, I'll like find something really corny and just like play it. <laughs> a <blow> horn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm just curious if you had some words that you wanted to share to our listeners in celebration of our three month anniversary and your about to be two month anniversary. Yeah, I mean, I've had a really great time doing this. It's been really just like build as we go, I feel like, and I've really enjoyed that as well. It's been really fun to connect with all of you guys and talk to all the the wonderful ladies that we have interviewed so far. And yeah, this has just become so meaningful to me so so quickly. So, I want to thank you again, Jen, for coming up with the idea for me to join and for being so easy to work with and so easy to take the lead and, and follow essentially. So thank you for the opportunity. 
Oh, it's it's my absolute pleasure, and the feeling is super mutual. So, thank you so much for doing this. And I, you know, I've I've said this many times. It's it's one thing if I just did this on my own, but it helps to get that immediate feedback when I get to co-host with someone such as yourself. So, I also want to share with everyone that uh, Nani is now managing our Instagram account. So, uh, feel free to say hi to her. Yeah, feel free to say hi. <laughs> she uh, she has already been on it. I think she posted like 20 different things in our stories in just the last 24 hours. <laughs> yes, so um, spamming our story, <laughs> which I plan yes. to keep doing. <laughs> yes, yes. I love I love that you're doing that because I started to feel a little guilty that I wasn't doing enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'll gladly take that on. <laughs> cool. So yes, listeners just know that as of uh, September 21st, 2019, Nani is uh, helping us with Instagram. So please say hi to her on there. And if you have anything to share, don't forget to tag the Filipino American woman on Instagram. We are always more than happy to reshare what you have going on. People have been asking me that more lately. I had a friend that just asked me if we can help promote her event. And I was like, yeah, girl, just tag us on Instagram and we'll just repost yeah. it. That's just what we do. We're all about collaboration and uplifting one another. And we we couldn't, we can't have enough of it. I want to get to the point where I'm like suffocated with all this love and support and empowerment. So let's just like do that till we get there. And hopefully it won't, it'll, it'll take a while before we get there and feel suffocated by everyone. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, just wanted to share that little announcement with all of you. Little, but not so little. Pretty exciting. I've really been doing this for three months now. Even though the show itself, the project itself has been around since December 2016, it's just really cool how this project has quickly gain traction in its new form on a podcast show. So just super grateful. And we can't thank our listeners enough for listening in and uh, sharing this and telling all your other girlfriends and recommending people to be on the show because this show wouldn't be possible if you did not have the courage or even the enthusiasm to want to share your story. So thank you. 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 <laughs> All right. So speaking of stories, let's go ahead and introduce to you our amazing guest today. We have Asia Hilario and a little bit about her, which is not really so little. She lots, lots of exciting things going on in her life right now. Asia is Women on the Rise, South San Francisco's 2019 Woman of the Year. She is a women empowerment lifestyle blogger, a mental health advocate, and volunteer crisis counselor for crisistextline.org. Asia, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> Yay, we're so happy to have you. <laughs> I, can I just say thank you guys so much for not only like having me on this podcast, just for creating this, really, I it's like a sisterhood, really. I have told friends and actually just met this random Filipina. This always happens in the Filipino community. I'm sure you guys know. Uh -huh. Are you Filipina? I was talking to this girl like in line and I told her about your podcast because she kind of felt alone in the stuff that we deal with coming from like strict parents and all that stuff. And she was just like, thank you so much for recommending this to me. Like I don't feel alone. Mm. And that's like what I'm an advocate for is like bringing community. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. So thank you guys for creating this. Well, thank you for sharing. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, totally. that. 
Yeah. And I, I want to also thank you. I know that you had uh, recommend us to the Halo Halo Collective. Thank you so much for doing that. And this is really why the podcast started. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why this podcast started. I feel like I could list a million, but definitely one of the reasons for me personally is that I grew up being bullied by Filipino American women. My my very own best friends at the time when I was in sixth grade and then in middle school, they decided to kind of turn around and be like the bullies in, in the school. <laughs> and so And so that stuck with me for a long time. And I've always been kind of in and out of the community up until a couple of years ago where I finally wanted to kind of claim back my narrative and, and, and believe that there are other Filipino American women out there who are not catty like that. Now, I know, I know my friends have matured a lot since then. I haven't spoken to them since then, but I trust that they've uh, matured a lot and I've matured a lot. And because of that, I, I was able to find forgiveness. And again, every time I do an episode with someone new, I'm, I'm able to uh, find healing and ultimately, ultimately, like you were saying, Asia, just uh, not feeling alone, just knowing that there are other women out there who sound like me, who look like me and are, uh, turns out they're going through similar issues as me. And some are doing things that just really, really inspire me. And so it's great to feature those stories and come to find out that our listeners love it too. So it's just it's just overall a blessing. And to hear you say, to, to give us that feedback and even share our show. I know I'm over explaining right now, but I just want to really, really thank you for, for doing that and for being a part of this because this would not exist if we didn't have people come forward and give us that feedback and even want to get involved. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So speaking of which, why don't we start off with you sharing, uh, how did you actually hear about the show? And then what inspired you to join us today? It's so funny. But I have this thing about read it in a book asking the universe for what you want. And I thought it was silly at first. And so I asked the universe for something. And they granted it. And I was like, whoa, okay, what can I ask next? give me a thousand dollars. But so I asked to be on a podcast. And then you guys emailed me like a week later. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> that's yeah, that's how I landed on the podcast. You know what, I think you were recommended by someone. Let me see. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Really? Let, yeah, let me see. I'm gonna go through like my old responses here. Let's see here. I think someone may have recommended you. Wow. I found her. Did did you find was that you, Nani? Or maybe someone see. recommended her to me. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, whoever it was, really let, let me check. Yeah. Let me see. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna kind of like look through this. <laughs> I would love a- to know who recommended me. That's I'm like so honored that, that someone even thought of me to be on this. Yeah. Podcast. Let me see. We're gonna figure this out so we can give this person proper credit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, it was you, Nani. It was you. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Take all the credit. Take it, take it. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, you um you reached out to her. I you probably messaged her. You probably I'm like talking to you like in third person. You probably messaged a- uh, Asia through your Instagram account because in the email you said to her, "Thank you for being receptive to your invitation." So, thanks, Nani. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Wait, question. <laughs> I have a question. So, how did you find me? I'm interested. 
do like a hashtag That's a good question i don't remember i'm just going back through the dms now and i found i think i found you through your blog somehow because i that's the first thing that i said to you but i honestly don't remember that was almost a month ago wow it's crazy probably just searching through through uh it's instagram like yeah you said you follow the hollow hollow collective so that's right. Yeah. I don't think I found you through, through their page, but it was probably maybe a suggested on the explore page or something. I love, I love that we always talk about Instagram. Like part of why I like to ask this question is I think it's part of our, part of the Filipino American woman experience today, how we find one another and how we build community with one another. And right now, it seems like Instagram has really been that platform for us, which is partly why I feel like I've kind of been neglecting our Facebook presence <laughs> because, because it's like, uh, no matter how much I post on there, I am not getting the same kind of engagement that I'm getting on Instagram, which is exactly. why, yeah, yeah, which is why I've, I've asked Nani to really take the reins with our Instagram account now, because in doing, in producing this show, like editing, producing and marketing it, there's, there's so much time I have uh, to work on it. And so Nani's been a great, Nani is a great help and she continues to be a great help now that she's helping us really nurture this community that we're growing on Instagram. In fact, I was looking at the stats on Instagram in just the last week, and this is probably because of JL Umipig, which if you haven't heard her episode yet, that's episode, if you go back to, oh no, if you go back to 16. episode Thank you. Yeah. You go back to episode 16. Since then, we have grown nearly 100 new followers on Instagram since that episode. Wow. Yeah. So Great. it's, yeah, it's amazing what, it's amazing how influential we all are, ladies. <laughs> yes. That. Yes so, to that. Yeah. So let's give ourselves a pat on the back and a pat on each other's back and just know that we are, we're more impactful than we realize. And Instagram is really giving us a platform to connect with one another and share our stories and everything. So, but anyway, I digress. Thank you, Nani, for finding Asia because now we have her on the show. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and jump to the next question. So Asia, this show is really dedicated to individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. With that said, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman. So I am from Saipan, Northern Mariana Islands, and usually people don't know where that's at. And so I say by Guam. It's like three islands away from Guam. And then if people don't know where Guam is, it's, I think it's like a six hour flight from the Philippines mm. and Japan. So I was born and raised there till I was 12. And I moved to America with my parents. So, oops, sorry, wind it back. My dad is Filipino. Okay. <laughs> so he is from Bacolod. He's, he's from Bacolod and he moved to Saipan where I'm from, met my mom and haven't, hasn't left the island. And then I was born and raised there. And then they moved us to America, specifically Sacramento for a better life and better education. And so I have both sides of the spectrum, like the immigrant, first generation immigrant. And actually, that does that even make me first generation? I think 
I'm just an immigrant. If I moved here. No idea. I was 12. (laughs) I think that I identify, I think that I identify as immigrant, not first generation. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) I think you are an immigrant. Yeah. I mean, if, if I think about how my mom came from the Philippines and she's from the Philippines, I consider that her as as an immigrant. And then if you came from another country to America, yeah, I think you're, I think you're first generation Filipino American. I think that's what they consider immigrants as first generation. But any of our listeners, feel free to correct us. We are obviously not scholars here. We're figuring this out as we go. (laughs) (laughs) But if you have any feedback or advice or just some thoughts about that, please comment in and let us know because that we're still figuring that out too. (laughs) Yeah. But okay, so I'm just curious. I myself have never heard of Saipan either. I think the biggest question I have is what do you feel like is the biggest difference there than where you currently live? Oh, man. So I live in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. Holy moly. So, well, firstly, Saipan is actually 40% Filipinos. Wow. Um, Yeah. So it's a huge presence back home with the Filipino community just lifestyle in general there's so there's like a long list of stuff that's different but I would say that it's a 10 mile by 13 mile island so it's really small like you can probably run it if you're a long distance runner and just lap the island so the lifestyle is really slow as opposed to like city life right now like everything's fast-paced everyone's working and going to different events and this is and that back home it's more like chill on the beach barbecue family nearby you know your neighbors with your family so it was a very big culture shock moving to America like I I used my first dishwasher in coming to America and I was like mind blown like whoa this thing does the dishes this is great (laughs) (laughs) so Yeah, the lifestyle change is definitely totally different. And I'm glad to have both perspectives, you know, growing up in a slower paced community and then what it is now, because I can appreciate the little things like a dishwasher and a garage that that like opens and closes. I never had that growing up. So, wow. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Jen Amos here, jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, The Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, Finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, 
Consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the Philam, short for Filipino-American, woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. Well, very cool. I've never heard of uh, Saipan, so it's just really interesting to hear that there's this whole Filipino community there. Nani, have you ever heard of Saipan? No, I hadn't before. Well, now we know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had no idea. I I know that there's a lot of Filipinos in Guam or that grew up in Guam, but I wasn't um, familiar with Saipan at all. Yeah, just the more you know. It's kind of cool. You just totally expanded my knowledge of geography. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's U.S. Like... territory, though. By the way, so we're we're U.S. territory. So I'm technically a, a citizen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that because it was so close to Guam. Yeah, Guam has such a big, there's a military base, and I think that's why a lot of people have heard of Guam. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest like military bases, but yeah, Saipan's like a little island, like. 30-minute flight from there. Cool, cool. Well, uh, let's go ahead and fast forward to your life today, Asia. For people who are just getting to know you for the first time, we'd love for you to share a snapshot of your life, uh, particularly what keeps you busy and most excited about life nowadays. My blog is really like my passion. I say that I was initially... I just love fashion. And so I was like, okay, let me tap into my creative side. And I got a lot of questions about like my outfit. So people were like, oh, you should make a blog. And I was like, okay, sure. So I did it. And this was last year. And I just was not fully committed. And I just wasn't like every week, I like made a made a decision to put out one blog post a week and I just felt like that was a stretch. I was like, how many times can I write about this skirt? Or like was just the passion just wasn't there. And then Saipan, my home island, they got hit by a typhoon and it destroyed my entire island. Like my house, the house I grew up in, my grandma's house was completely flattened. And so that happened last year and I was just visiting actually. And then it happened two weeks after I left. And so it hit me really hard. Like I was just at my grandma's house, you know, and like all my family's out there. So the typhoon hit and I was like, okay, well, I have a pretty large following. Let me like rally up because no one has ever heard of Saipan and it's not in the news. So I'm going to just spread the word. And so posted a lot about that I ended up getting this like 55 or like 60 boxes like huge shipping boxes shipped to the islands of like supplies and I rallied up a few grand in money to send for just basic stuff for typhoon relief so I was documenting that the whole time on my insta and people reached out and they were like hey can you write about that like your philanthropy and I was like really people want to hear about that and so that's where my new lifestyle blog sprouted from I 
I didn't know that people would actually want to hear about what I do for the community and stuff, as silly as it sounds, because I've been in philanthropy work since I was little. And so I was actually very surprised that people wanted me to write about that. And so that's, that's where the birth of my blog began in March and it just completely blew up. I did not know it would blow up this much. And now I'm on a podcast. Yes, girl. (laughs) Well, I'm really sorry to hear about what happened. Is your family okay? Yeah, they're okay. Uh, We had to rebuild everything. And due to global, global warming, it's bound to happen more often. So doing like preventative measures back home, but they're still still recovering from it. So anyone who is listening who looks for charities or like ways to support, like we are still actually recovering from the typhoons. Google Saipan and you you'll be able to see like how bad the typhoon really hit the island. Um, wow. But thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. It just reminds me of a couple of years ago when Typhoon Yolanda hit the Philippines. And not that I had any family affected by it, fortunately, but when we traveled there to help out, you could see just how much it it ruined the land, like it tore up the land. And we were, I was, I was with a missionary group or a nonprofit that were helping like rebuild homes and stuff and seeing people have rebuilt houses, but but out of the like trash and the rubble that they found from the ground. And so I can only imagine what that would have been like if my family went through a similar experience. So I just, yeah, I'm just glad to hear that your family is doing well. And, and it sounds like you have a positive outlook on it and, and everything. So. I think that um, that's really what was like the switch that just went on in my brain. Like, Social media can have its negative experiences, but there's a positive that comes out of it too. Did a lot of before and after pictures. Like when I was on vacation there two weeks ago and after, you know, the trees were bald and like there's no more houses and stuff. And so that's when I really realized like I need to use my power of my big following and use it towards like my philanthropy, I just, I never really thought of using it in that way. And I'm just so glad that I did because now I'm like reaching more people and changing the world one reader at a time. (laughs) Your story with your blog is super inspiring. I have the same kind of similar situation where I used to do, mine used to be like a beauty blog that I've done for years and years and years. And it just like you said, wasn't really fulfilling, wasn't really like exciting me. I was super inconsistent with it. And once I kind of revamped it and found a better niche, it's like you're able to make such a deeper connection and such a more meaningful connection with your readers. So yeah, I think that's really cool. And yeah, I love to read your blog. It has some really good content on there and I will continue to read it. So thank you for posting all the things that you do. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks so much. It's so amazing because I think that a lot, like I, I've actually been blogging since, oh my gosh, like since I was 13 years old when I realized I could blog. 
And, but it was really like for a personal thing. And my accounts used to be public, but eventually like I just, as I was kind of like figuring out like my identity and struggling with a lot of things, I just felt more comfortable posting privately. But I'm super grateful for that entire experience of expressing myself in that way because I was just thinking about this the other day. Had and I had an outlet to express myself, I wouldn't be podcasting today. I've heard before that if you are a good writer, you can eventually become a good speaker because you've internalized like how you speak through your writing and vice versa. Like if you're a good speaker, you could be a good writer. I mean, if you have like an editor, of course, an editor to help you write stuff. But anyway, I think having to, having had had that experience for like so long, it's so crazy how now like creating this uh, podcast show and having a niche for Filipino American women and sharing their life lessons and their stories, I never realized that it would be growing into what it is today in just a couple of months, even though this started a couple years ago. And I just think it's just a, an accumulation of all of the things I've done like throughout the years. So it's just really, I think in general, it's just really cool. Like if you're going to, if you're doing something anyway, and then one day it blows up, it's like, it is kind of strange to think like, oh, wow, I can't believe people are into this because I've been doing this for so long, but might as well go uh, ride the wave. Right. <laughs> and, and see like what good you can, you can do with it. Definitely. It's therapeutic in a way, like you're just, you, I'm sure it is for you guys podcasting and me writing my blog post it's very it's terrifying but it's also therapeutic so I I really enjoy writing yeah I know that prior to this call we via email we were talking a little bit about your blog and how it's impacted people and we've also introduced you as a mental health advocate and volunteer for the crisis counselor for crisis org. And, and so I, I, I'm just very curious. I'd love to hear more about like that part of your life and uh, kind of what led you to mental health advocacy. And I, not that I've read your blog yet, but I could imagine that you would, you address some of those topics on your blog. Oh man. Yeah. So like I said, with the philanthropy work, I was just writing about that. And then with the first, when I made the switch from fashion to lifestyle, I was like, okay, the first one, the first blog post, like, what should I to like launch this new blog? It has to be a juicy topic. And then timing is everything. Cause I, um, at my old job, one of my coworkers uh, told me that another coworker was like, I hate how Asia just makes her whole life seemed perfect on Instagram. And uh, I was, so my, the old me, the old um, not self-aware me would have been like, girl, why are you talking about me? But now like the current me, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take that. And I'm going to, that's going to be my first blog post, how unperfect my life is. And mm. so I was like, okay, wait, this is a long list of, imperfection so which specific topic should I do and I I I got a lot of comments on like me and my boyfriend's pictures like the analytics they say that people are mo more interested in that so I was like okay I'll just do one of my trust issues like I had well I still have but they were a lot worse when we started out and I was like I'll just write a blog my first blog post on trust issues and so 
after that one, that one, I got so many emails, like, so I wrote about PISD, it's post-infidelity stress disorder. Wow. Um, I found out that I had that because when you get cheated on, uh, PISD is like parallel to the symptoms of PTSD. So just like how a war veteran, when he hears fireworks, he gets flashbacks of like the war and and stuff just like that. PISD is like stuff triggers those bad memories of when you were cheated on. And those were intruding in my new relationship. And so it kind of stemmed from that. It I wrote about PISD and I got so many emails like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to add mental health on my blog uh, on top of my philanthropy because people need to know these things. And a lot of the emails said, I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one freaking out in my relationship and having trust issues. And that was kind of an, another aha moment for me. Like, this is the most important stuff I need to be writing about. And so that's where that stemmed from. And so I do a bunch of mental health posts, how I personally deal with it. And then people see themselves in my stories. I don't, I don't word it to where it's like, if you're doing this, then you need to do this. I just tell my story and then how I I got through it and what I the tools that I use and then people take what they need from that and what works for them. So I love that you said that last part about like you're really just sharing your story like in first person because and that that's what really what we encourage on the show is focusing on sharing your story because people are more likely to identify themselves through your story when they listen to it, as opposed to saying like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like, I think we've, I think we've all gotten plenty of that from certain people in our lives, but you know, to hear, to hear people like to say firsthand, like, Hey, this is, this is what I went through. This is what I struggled with, but this is how I was able to identify it and overcome it and continue to maintain like a healthy lifestyle. And when you're speaking in that way, one, you're not speaking at someone, you know, you're just sharing your, you're just sharing your experience, what you learned. I think it's just a more uh, inviting way. It invites people to imagine themselves in that story or see themselves in your story and uh, try to find healing and answers and tips to, to solve their own, the own issues that they're going through. Yeah, exactly. I would like to add that one of the things that I do really like about your blog or one of my thoughts as I was reading through your posts was that I really just love the tone that you have with your readers. You can tell you're just very open and honest and vulnerable in a way that most people are not willing to be on a blog. So I think that that also makes your content really special not only the topics that you're covering, but also kind of the tone that you set and that kind of openness. It's it's very inviting the way that you write. Thank you for saying that. I it's so like I said, it's it's therapeutic, but it's also terrifying because especially with like the first trust issues post, I had mm-hmm. to write those in blocks. Like I had to pause because yeah writing my story it brings up those memories and I gotta like work through with that through them again yeah so I've had to pause it I've had to pause my writing a few times and then 
that one specifically, my boyfriend, I had him push publish. Well, it was my first one, but yeah, I try to be really real with people because I feel it just goes back to what my old coworker said. Like, I just want to let everyone know, like, this, I am far from perfect and I don't want anybody, anybody out there to even assume that. Like, I had a, a high schooler shout me out the other day or yeah last week and she was like I wish I had my life together like Asia and I dm'd her and was like hey like I really appreciate the sweet things you're saying but I just want to let you know that I struggle here and there like I was just struggling yesterday because this is and that like I don't want you to think that I have it all together that's not something I want to promote and we all struggle and especially you know since she was a high schooler I just wanted to send her that private message. I think that's a very sweet of you to do that. And I feel like if there's anything anyone can take away from the story so far is that no one's perfect. And even if it looks that way, actually, I just had I just posted this on my Insta story, actually. So it's not really a quote, but it says something like why you should be gentle with people. And it's an image of like a long line and the long line is supposed to represent someone's life. And then there's a a very tiny like inch of it at the end that's labeled what you know about their life. So kind of representing that you may know like 10% of their life and you may blow that up to make that person perfect or whatever. But the reality is you don't know the, the 90% of everything else that they're going through. And so like, it's true, like no one has it together. And even if someone looks like they have a beautiful feed, that could be someone's own self therapy for themselves to be like, I do have a good life. Like I do have significant other, I do live in a beautiful place. Like that could be more for themselves than it is to rub it in your face, like, or whatever, or try to like show it off. I honestly barely look at other people's Instagram accounts because I'm just, well, first of all, I manage a couple of them, so I don't really have time to like look at other people's (laughs) accounts. (laughs) But when I do follow, when I do actively like look at people's accounts or look at their stories, it's because they give me like some positive energy and they make me feel good or like I genuinely care about them and I want to see, you know, what they're going going through or like what their day has been lately, especially like since I'm in the East Coast right now, and all of my good friends are in the West Coast, like this is my way of staying in touch with them and seeing what they're up to in their lives. So to kind of go onto other people's accounts and use that as a mirror for yourself is wrong. I think it's a very wrong and unhealthy and toxic thing you can do to yourself. And I just I challenge you to get social media differently because just like what you've done Asia you've really used it for good to help your hometown when when the typhoon happened and i i mentioned this in a previous episode social media is like money it's not necessarily money that's evil it's what you do with it that makes it evil and i think social media can be the same way whether you're unknowingly doing evil to other people or doing evil uh, to yourself it's a double edged sword and you just need to be on the the good side of the sword i think <laughs> Definitely. I agree with you 1000%. I think that when I, when I went on this self love journey, I um really like cleaned my social media out. I just like took stuff, I unfollowed some pages, and then I threw like throwing like positive quotes and like, 
following like mental health um, pages as well that remind you like, hey, you are enough. You know, you, everyone struggles, like you're strong. Throwing that on our feeds, sometimes don't realize like what we're feeding to ourselves in our minds when we're scrolling, but it feeds into like everything. It feeds into our self-love. It feeds into our confidence. It feeds into essentially everything and mentally. And so I think that using it in a more intentional way would really help better your mental health. A thousand and one percent. I agree. Well, very cool, ladies. Uh, well, thank you so much, Asia, for sharing with us a, a little snapshot of your life and uh, how this blog has really, you know, one, uh, helped you and has been therapeutic for you, but two, how it has impacted uh, so many people in so many ways. And so I just want to applaud you for that and the good work that you're doing and the good work that you continue to do. I want to go ahead and get to my most favorite part of the interview. The purpose of this podcast show, I, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons for why it exists and what we are doing with it. But one of the big goals that we have is to publish a book one day where we have a collection of life lessons and stories told by Filipino American women. And so, Asia, when I, we had asked you what a life lesson you wanted to share today, you wanted to tell everyone that's listening and us, good, good for me and Nani too, you wanted to tell everyone that they are not alone. No matter what you're going through, there's always someone that has either gone through it or is currently going through what you're going through. I'd love for you to elaborate more on that. And if there's a particular story or moment in your life that led you to this life lesson, we'd love to hear it. This is probably my favorite part too. <laughs> so I'm glad you asked me that. So I will start off saying that I have depression and anxiety mm. and I, my last breakup with my ex-boyfriend, I fell like in a really deep depression and we didn't really talk about me being a crisis counselor for crisistextline.org. But so when I fell into this depression, I just really felt alone. I just didn't talk to anybody. I it's like no one's going to really understand like the pain I'm going through and I just wasn't coping uh, using healthy like coping mechanisms and I just was in that dark hole for like the longest time and when I finally got out of it I kind of made a vow to myself like I don't want anyone else out there if I had the power I don't want anyone else to feel alone ever again. So that's another reason why I'm a crisis counselor is we, people who are in quote unquote crisis, like if you're just going through it emotionally, you can text this number and one of the counselors will get on and kind of talk you through it and like give you resources and just also you can just vent and it's completely free and it's it's confidential, you know, you can't choose what counselor to talk to. And it's via text, some people are more brave texting. And so, yeah, when I got out, out of that hole, I just wanted to make it known that you're not alone. And so I thought that that was the best way. And also through my blog to spread that message and to reach people who who feel alone in this and 
it's kind of had a domino effect. Like the more I talk about it, the more people come out and message me and tell friends about it. And it opens up a conversation. And I feel like that's exactly what my blog's mission is to to do is break the negative stigma and also just bring awareness so people can get help. And I also want to add that connecting it to the Filipino community. Fortunately, in Asian cultures, we're taught to suppress our feelings and so not show emotion, not talk about it. Therapy is like taboo. And so I think that that's why I felt so alone because I never, I grew up in a community where no one ever talked about it. I remember that a cousin of mine, he committed suicide and I was in seven or eight. Mm. And, you know, I asked my mom about it and she was like, oh, he, he was really sick, like, like physically sick. Like, and so I know that that's like a topic that you, it's a very tricky topic to talk to kids about, but I feel like that would have been a perfect opportunity to be like, hey, let's, maybe we can talk about our feelings, like just opening a a communication with how you really feel. And I, I really, so that's a topic I really wanted to discuss, like, especially on this platform, because we come from a community where it's, there's a negative stigma around it. And that's my life goal is to break the stigma everywhere. Yeah, I uh, I want to personally just thank you for being a crisis text line uh, counselor because I I've used that quite frequently, especially last year when I first moved to the East Coast and I felt um even though I was here with my husband, he was already preoccupied uh with our business and I was constantly kind of left at home and I have uh, I had uprooted my life of 20 years in California and I had nothing like I left my business behind my friends behind my family behind and I was left at home alone with with my dog which I love <laughs> but but I remember how difficult it was to try to communicate that with my husband and what I was going through and so I remember last year I frequently called the the suicide hotline. And if that wasn't working, like if it was taking a while, (laughs) I would also uh, text the crisis text line and just do whatever I could to make sure I was getting that preventative uh, help. And it really, really helped. So I just want to thank you for, for being a part of that. Oh, yay. I'm so glad. I just, I feel like when I announced it, uh, a lot of people messaged me and they were like, I've never heard of this. And I will throw it out there that the the suicide hotline is actually it's not like specifically for if you want to end your life it's for if if you're just totally stressed out like say if I just overbooked events and I'm just like at the breaking point and I don't want to talk to anyone that I know I want to talk to a complete stranger I can just dial this or text this and they they are just a listening ear and they are very and they all mean well, and they all come from a place too. Well, not all, but a lot of them come from a place like either they lost someone and they vowed to help people in dark places or they themselves. And we're trained to handle those 
calls and texts. I'm so that makes me so happy that you've used it. I've used it in the past before. So yeah, yeah. And uh, just to just to piggyback off of what you you said for anyone that's listening, and you're thinking you're thinking, oh, I only need a I, I should only reach out to the, these things if I'm in like a crisis scenario. No, I've I've called also if I was just overwhelmed. Or just like what you said, if I really felt like I had no one to talk to, or I no longer wanted to be a burden to my friends of just constantly reaching out to them and asking for comfort, I just wanted to keep my options open. And because mental health is a stigma in our community, and even in amongst my family culture, I just I personally just wanted to get into the habit of using it. In fact, <laughs> there was a point where I text the, the crisis text line, they usually ask you like, Oh, are you in I think I forgot exactly, but something like, oh, are you in a stressful situation? Are you in an unsafe situation? And I kind of text them not because I was bored, but I was like, kind of like in between like the halfway of a crisis and and kind of being bored, you know, and I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm safe. And they're like, okay, well, <laughs> we, they basically said, like, you can use these resources to like, to find ways to relax or to meditate and stuff like that. But we try to reserve this for people who we need to take them from a stress state to a calm state. So that's how much I would use it to the point where it, it sort of became normal for me. And, and they were able to identify like, Jen, you're, you're fine. Just, just read this <laughs> book or something. So no, but I, I, I didn't take offense to that. I was like, that, that actually makes sense. I think I got like overly comfortable, like contacting them and everything. So yeah, I but really, say, yeah. no, go ahead. Go ahead. I will say that because there's like a, so from like a counselor's point of view, there's, it's not that we like don't want to talk to you, we have so many different so like we have like shifts and depending on like the time of day is like the high volume so like Mm. say if it was like later on so the high volumes are like later in the night you know in the middle of the night and so that probably is why they give you resources and stuff because a certain time of the night is like where there's just a ton of textures so Mm. Yeah. And from from what I understand, like it's it's a big financial investment to train just one volunteer. So I take no offense to whoever that person was that just like kind of threw resources at me. I was just I'm just very grateful to know that we have uh, these type of resources today that make it easier for people who are like big text messengers to be able to reach out and get that kind of help. And I just uh, if I haven't said it enough, I just want to thank you for being a part of that. This is another example, I think, of kind of being able to use how far we've come with technology for good instead of what most people are drawn to use it for in these times. And that, again, you're setting such a great example by getting your hands dirty in that and really being a part of that. It's really uh, inspiring to see that there are things that you struggled with personally and you're finding ways to directly give back to that problem that you see in the online community and that you're using, like you said, your big platform and your following to really empower people and let them know that they're not alone. So in terms of the the crisis text line thing, I've also, I've never used one before, but I've always wondered kind of the same as like online dating, like who's on those things. And so (laughs) I, I think that probably a lot of people who would be inclined to use it, but are apprehensive for whatever reason might be wondering that. So it's cool also to get to talk to you and see that if I ever did 
feel the need to, that it would be someone super cool and like relatable. <laughs> so that's also <laughs> helpful, I'm sure, for people to hear about too. Yeah, definitely. Well, ladies, I feel like we had such an incredible conversation today. Everything from Saipan, a new uh, island that I've learned today, a little bit about uh, your success this year, Asia, and most of all, mental health, which is always a fun topic to talk about on the show. I think we tend to get the most feedback about mental health. And so we're just really glad to continue to offer that to our listeners. And if you are in the mental health industry, we would love for you to join us and share your story and, and how you're help, helping out our community and, and other people with uh, normalizing mental health and and what have you. I want to go ahead and uh, just wrap up here. Uh, Asia, do you have any closing thoughts? I know that you wanted to share some therapy resources with us or mental, mental health resources with us. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually, I did a blog post on like therapy on like my experience with it. So these are listed on my blog. I just, I feel like a lot of people shy away from therapy because of the just talking to a random person. But if you go to my, my blog post, I talk about my personal experience with it. And I, I love my therapist. She's the homie. So there's also cheaper options. Like there's group therapy, there's, there's crisis text line that is completely free that we talked about. Seven cups of tea, better help, talk space, I prevail. And these are online ones. There's also like, like I said, group ones that are cheaper options and for example seven cups of tea I think it's like you can get a plan that's as low as 30 a week which is like super cheap it's like not eating out for two meals <laughs> so mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there because initially I was like resistant to therapy because of the price and also just kind of scared to do it but after I've gone to therapy I just it really changed my life so thank you for bringing that up I just really want to promote how amazing therapy is it's not how it it's depicted like in movies I feel like very dramatic in movies where like the person's like psycho and they go to even laying down this the whole therapy session like someone laying down I that's not really like I Skype with my therapist mm. so I just the idea I just think that the image of, of therapy is kind of like tainted because of the movies so I just don't want anyone to be afraid of it very cool yeah I think I think most things in media ruin a lot of good things but I think it's actually turning around now there's a lot more diversity on in media nowadays and with diversity comes with awareness of real issues so i think i think slowly but surely things are turning around <laughs> and and there's a more realistic depiction of certain things such as mental health and therapy out there yeah definitely well very cool asia for people that are interested in learning more about the good work that you're doing and even get a hold of you how can they do that so my blog is www.islahoney.com and Isla is spelled I-S-L-A. So I-S-L-A 
honey.com and it's the same name for my Insta, which I'm like really active on. And so those are like the two best ways to get a hold of me or to like get blog post updates or anything like that. Cool. And if you did not catch that, listeners, you know how generous I am. I always include it in the show notes. So thank you so much for sharing that, Asia. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, With that said, thank you, Nani. Thank you, Asia. And thank you to our listeners. We appreciate your time and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Tune in next time. Thank you for, for coming and doing this interview, Asia. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm like, so that was just therapeutic talking to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. All right, bye.